We are live. Hello, we everybody. Are live. Hey, Hello. everyone. Just, just to let you know, I gave Gina a little bit of a heart attack before the show. I said, I'm going to take my, my little pigtail and I'm going to just chop it off. <laughs> She's in her eyes back out of her head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. My hair keeps getting shorter and shorter. We were talking about hair because um, I, I just, I cut it. I cut it too short on one side. So I've been trying to even it out and even it out. Um, for like weeks now and it just keeps getting shorter and shorter and i said you know what sometimes you just need a good sheep shearing and i said okay here no no <laughs> see i will not allow her to do that there's no way no no, no. she wouldn't be the only one <laughs> no but 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 you people tonight we have um rebecca thompson with us and uh this is gonna hit home for probably more people than I would care to think admit mm -hmm. you know what I mean um, but it is it's if you have to deal with a alcoholic spouse boyfriend you know someone kid child anything like that a lot of this was gonna hit home for you tonight but what are we gonna tell mo every every week right before the show starts what are we always saying we try to bring all this variety of guests for you, yes, for you people, mm -hmm. to, to learn from, to relate to, to get information from. Your show will go live in five seconds. All we ask is three, subscribe to the two, YouTube channel. One. Exactly. Good evening, everybody. I am Gina B, and the place to be is here with me and Mama D every Thursday evening right here in the Fox Den. Tonight, we have Rebecca B. Thompson with us. I will play a short video just to show you who she is and what she's about and what she's done, and she will be with us as soon as it's ended. Rebecca B. Thompson is an experienced speaker, writer, consultant, facilitator, and coach with more than 30 years in the manufacturing, aerospace, and healthcare industries. She has been an internal and external consultant for many years, working with such companies as Eastman Kodak, General Motors, and Blue Cross Blue Shield, North Carolina, mostly in the fields of leadership and team development, working systems redesign, organizational change, and culture change. Currently, she is the principal of Evolve Without Limits, a coaching and consulting practice. But that's only part of her story. The rest is a chronicle of personal courage and spiritual expansion that defies conventional wisdom. From an engineer skeptic, she made a fascinating right turn. Frustrated by her now ex-husband's increasing alcoholism, Rebecca embarked on a healing journey which led her to explore a variety of spiritual practices. She learned how to love herself and found freedom from a situation in which she thought she was stuck. Along the way, she became a Reiki master, certified crystal therapist, and a shamanic coach, and incorporates these areas of expertise into her consulting and coaching practice. But it's your talks with the moon that will amaze you. Rebecca tells that story in her new book, Rebecca Rising, How I Found Courage and Self-Love Through Friendship, Coaching, and Conversations with the Moon, a memoir chronicling her healing journey. In addition, she and her friend colleague Darlene Ryan co-authored Sunday at 8.30, Two Decades of Life Planning. That book shares 
the life planning process Darlene and Rebecca personally used and honed for over 20 years and includes helpful worksheets for creating your own life plan. Rebecca is passionate about helping people to learn about self-love, to recognize their own strength, and to live with freedom, passion, and intention. And we welcome you to the Fox Den. she is. Hey. Hi. Welcome okay, to I have to say I hope your, friend has, your friend has your friend has the most amazing name. Darlene, uh, Darlene I know. Yes, well, yeah. yeah, thank you for having me tonight. I'm delighted to be here. Let's like, be your guest in the Fox Den. We're excited to have you. And like I was I was saying before the actual radio show started that this is going to hit home to a lot of people that have dealt with alcoholics, whether it's themselves, their boyfriends, their husbands, their spouses, their wives, their children, their whatever, you know, people in the family. This will hit home with a lot of people because um, unfortunately it is, a you know, it's still a, it's a rampant problem it's a rampant disease and that's what it is yes. and it needs to be treated as such um i know personally about the 12-step program um <clears throat> so I, I i i i live it i know it i understand it i think everybody should live it and at least read the steps right try to yeah. do some of those steps because that is life plan for you um besides that so no, I know we all just watched that video, so we got a kind of a little bit of glimpse about all the things that we do. So why don't you kind of go into that a little bit more and tell us about you, your journey, or yourself? Just a little more background stuff. Sure, absolutely. Yes, hi. So thank you again for that wonderful introduction. I appreciate it. And I can't tell you how many people have told me, yes, I've had a similar situation and your story is very relatable. So I'm. that's really why I'm out there with it is in the hopes that it can be helpful to someone else. But I started out, I'm from Pennsylvania, a small town girl from the Pittsburgh area and um, grew up and just had a very ordinary, normal life and went off to school at Penn State and uh, majored in industrial engineering. And there I met my um, now ex-husband um, and he was also an engineering student we got married right out of college and we went off to Rochester, New York, where we both had jobs and um, we got married and bought a house and got a dog and literally put up a white picket fence and started, yeah, literally did that and started raising three kids. And it was kind of the picture perfect life, you know, everything's going well until all of a sudden it wasn't. And the, the, you know, as, as often happens and the economy had taken a nosedive. And so his business was suffering along the way. He'd gone from um, a job as an engineer to starting his own engineering firm. And it, it did well for a while until the economy wasn't doing so great. And people weren't paying their bills and therefore we weren't paying our bills. And so financially it was difficult and uh, he turned to alcohol, unfortunately. And, um, at some point he had to close his business and get a job and we moved out of state and, you know, I had my own career going and was trying to raise these kids and keep everything normal. And I even debated whether I was going to move with him, but, um, decided that just trying to keep the family together and get a fresh start. And so we moved to Raleigh, North Carolina 
And uh, well, that was a big culture change in itself, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I was trying to just rebuild my life, you know, and um, meet some people. And so I embarked on what I now see as a healing journey, a spiritual journey, but I didn't even have that kind of language then. Then it was just, I'm trying to meet, make some new friends. <laughs> you know, I'm trying right. to just like, you, survive this move. To me, you reading this book, I don't, you know, I just don't see you having a, any kind of issue whatsoever making friends. However, I do love the fact that you have such a bond with that woman, Darlene, like I do with my darling, you know, um, Mama D's Darlene, that's her, her name. And, um, you know, it's maybe it's something to do with the name. I don't know. Yeah. Darlene, the best Yeah. You know, it's like I have tons and tons of, you know, I have 5,000 on each of my pages on, you know, Facebook and stuff of friends. And I have maybe a handful of close friends, which is usually the way, you know, mm. but, but you're very outgoing and that's like one or two things going on there. You know, one to keep yourself extremely busy to avoid dealing with stuff at home, you know, yes. and I mean, you made me tired just thinking about all the things that you're doing, working the kids and, and then doing these classes and, you know, all these other things that you were doing. You know, so it was just kind of like, wow, you know, but I could see it and I could see the patterns coming in, you know, um, living a life like that. You know, my first husband, we were, <laughs> it was, it was such a volatile, volatile, volatile thing, you know, and uh, we were both drinking. So it was really both horrible, you know, mm -hmm. and not bills not being paid and, the, you know, the, the, the pointing of the fingers and the violence and the, everything else that got in there, you know, you didn't really have to deal with that. Thank God, you know, thank God. But everything else, I could relate to everything else, you know, it's just, it's crazy. But mama, why don't you ask the next? Yeah. One? So how did you go from engineering and corporate consultant to having a conversation with the moon goddess? <laughs> I know mama D it did not happen overnight. That was a very gradual process, you know, and as I said, you know, we had just made this big move. It was big for me, you know, to go from, um, you know, the Northeast to the South and um, I was just trying to meet people. And um, my daughter and I started doing some volunteer work. My daughter was a young teenager at the time. And, um, you know, we just wanted to get involved in our community and do something, meet some people. So we were uh, doing some volunteer work and we met this woman who invited us to a dowsing class. And I didn't even know what that was. I had no idea what dowsing. Oh, I see some dowsing rods coming out. Rods. <laughs> yeah. So some of you guys know what dowsing is, but at the time I had no idea. And uh, I thought is that when you take a fork stick and try to find water, I mean, what, you know, what is that? <laughs> but, um, Yes. But, you know, we had been invited and this, we liked the person that invited us and we thought, well, we'll just go and find out what it's about and meet some folks. And so, um, you know, and again, I'm coming from, I'm an engineer and I had never been exposed to anything metaphysical in my entire life. So I'm coming from that point of view. Okay. <laughs> so um, we get to this woman's house and she pulls out dowsing rods and I don't think I'd ever seen them before. And, and for those who don't know, you know, they're metal rods that swing on a handle. And the idea is that you can ask yes and no questions. And by the way the rods move, which is unique for each individual, 
um, that you can get answers to your yes and no questions. And so this sounded really cool, but I thought uh, you have to have some kind of special powers to be able to do that, right? You have to have ESP or something. <laughs> yeah. I've never, like I said, I'd never been exposed to anything like that. And I thought I wouldn't be able to do it. You know? And so the teacher told us, so, you know, everybody find a spot in the room and work with your rods and um, ask the rods to show you your own yes or no answer in your, the position that the rods would move in to give you a yes or a no. And right. so I go off to do this, but I'm thinking, there is no way, <laughs> you know, this is not, I'm going to go over there and I'll try it. But after about five minutes, I'm just going to go over and thank the hostess and say, you know, thank you for inviting me, but this is not really my thing. But I started working with the rods, you know, following the instructions. And it was amazing to me that they did exactly what she said they would do. And at first I thought, oh, I'm just I'm just making this happen. I'm just making, I'm just wiggling them or something. Right. Yeah. But um, it just kept happening over and over. It was, you know, truly yeah. accurate. And I was just, I think I was hooked in that moment by the, the, the work of energy. With the plastic that's on there, you're not actually touching the rods. So, you know, that's a lot of people will say that. So that gives it the free flowing. So we'll flow back and forth. So the, basically the thing is, is you, you've got to put your hands together and get the, get the rods in a, in like a stable position, put your hands together and then slowly pull them apart, about an inch apart, you know, and get them to level out. And once they're level, and then you start asking, you know, can you just show them to get me some dowsing rods. And then you say, okay, can you please open them up again? Can you please open them up again? You know, and then you say, can you show me what no is? And it will either point to one side, the other side, or whatever. And that's always how you start with anything, even with a pendulum, because we, mm -hmm. this, you know, so the pendulum, yes. hold the pendulum, say, show me what's yes, show me what's no, you know. And then yeah, because I have I have three pendulums, but I can't. For me, I can't use them because my hands shake, like ever uh, so much. So that's so my worry is is it is it me is it what I'm shaking? So I. When you're even when you're shaking, that will just shake it. <laughs> you know, and then sometimes that pendulum will shake when it wants to tell you something, it will vibrate. And okay. it's like, all right, you know, and it'll be like waiting for the appropriate answer. The same with the rods in your hand. You'll hear you'll feel them shake. Have you ever yeah. felt shake in your hands, Rebecca? Um, yes. Oh yes. And but, yes. And, and, and you're not asking the right question. So spirits can get a little even angry at you, you know, <laughs> but they do. And I do use a pendulum now. I, I have several also, and I have a favorite one that seems to work the best for me for some reason, but yeah, you can, um, very clear like mine when it's a, yes, it's, it's swinging in a circle. It's like swinging yep. in a circle. Mine's and when my, yeah. my no is like back and forth. Mine too. And sometimes uh, if I, if it's like, if, if the spirits think it's a stupid question or something, like, <laughs> it'll just, it'll say perfectly still, or yeah. it'll just kind of wiggle a little bit, you know, but it, it's, it's amazing. It's truly, it is, truly is. And then I was doing this and I was proving this. We went, we had a event at a place called Burnbray Mansion and <laughs> My friend was with me, Sabrina, and she was doing recordings and I was doing the pendulum. She was asking the questions and we were trying to find out um, about the, the women and the children that they were taking care of there. So I'm asking the questions and I'm getting yes and no answers on my, you know, on the pendulum. 
But at the same time, we were getting EVPs that was backing up every single answer. So it was on film because we filmed it, you know, oh. and the EVPs to back it up, which is really, really cool. So, you know, it, yes, it does work. It does Very work. cool. Even have yeah. I have charts. You can do all kinds of things with dowsing. You can do health charts and number charts and, you know, a lot of different things. You can have like a Ouija board almost, you know what I mean? You can have them, they can spell yes. so mm -hmm. all those charts. And there's, um, there's a site and digitaldowsing.com where you can actually download those for free. So. Oh, cool. I'll have to check that out myself. I will do, if I have a, uh, decision to make like say say I want to know if I should take certain vitamins like, I'll put a whole bunch of vitamin names on little slips of paper and I'll fold them up so I can't read them so it's not me doing it you know and then I'll just put a little slip of paper and I'll put the dowsing rod over it and say should I take this vitamin and I'll get a yes or no and then I'll put all the yeses in a pile and a no's in the pile and then I read them you know so things like that like what what supplements are good for you or yeah. you know what what choices where should I go on vacation or you know stuff yeah. like that. anything anything yeah it's, it's pretty fun actually but it's just yeah. amazing the field the field is just enormous you know yes and when you get into it and then like you know with you and We'll get it. We'll ask you. We'll, we'll, we're going to try to, you know, stay a little formal here um, on, a, on our on our question list and keep it in the same thing without the shiny ball, which I've already, you know, gone after a few times. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it. Um, so before we get into like Reiki things and healing things and things like that, um, just basically, what was the motivation? Why did you write the book? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> I could go a lot of different directions. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the ultimate reason is I hope that the story will be helpful to someone. And, you know, it's it's uh, it's not easy putting your business out there, right? Especially when it's not always pretty. Um, yeah. But I just, in the hope, and I, I, as I said earlier, I've had so many people thank me and tell me they've been in similar situations where they felt stuck and whether it was an alcohol situation or abusive situation or whatever, um, it helps to know somebody else has been through it and to survive it and uh, can give you some hope and encouragement. So that's ultimately why, um, you know, we, you showed my book Sunday at 830 that was written with my Darlene um, and everybody should have a best friend Darlene. Um, <laughs> we, we've been friends for 30 years since we were young moms and we were young engineers together. And we took a class together many years ago in life planning. And it was the idea of it was to make us more productive at work. It was all about, it was called the high achievers process. It was all about productivity and goal setting and all that. And it was a good course. And we started to apply what we learned to our work, but we quickly realized that we could apply that process to all areas of our life. So not just work, but, our raising of our kids and you know getting our kids potty trained was one of our primary goals back in those days <laughs> um but you know financial you know saving money paying bills you know all of those things spiritual life and um so we stuck with this process and we actually made it our own and we we went way beyond what they taught us in the class and in fact we've stayed in touch with one of our instructors claire crittenden and she actually wrote the foreword to that book so and she's um, pretty pleased that, you know, we, we took her work and took it a step f farther, you know, so. Like your parents, 
Love yeah. Um, so we were using it, like I said, for, you know, over 20 years and we started to tell people what we were doing and people were amazed that we had stuck with a process for 20 years. I think it was more about that, that what people were surprised by than about the process itself. Um, so people said, oh, you should write about that. I'd read that. And then one day Darlene and I were, and one of the things we do together is we read a lot of books. We pick books that we're going to read every year. And, we, and one day we were sitting talking about a book and one of Darlene's daughters came in and said, when are you two going to stop reading books and start writing one? Yeah. <laughs> we're like, oh, oh, it didn't um, even, even dawn on you, right? No, you know, we hadn't thought about that. We laughed. The first thing we did was laugh like us, oh, write a book, you know, and then as we started to think about it, it was like, well, why not? So we started writing Sunday at 8.30 quite a number of years ago, actually, but um, life gets in the way. And when two people are trying to write a book together, you know, it's hard. But um, we were getting our act together on that. And Darlene said to me, you know, you ought to write a chapter um, about your spiritual journey because one of our one of our life areas is spiritual, right? And, so, and the other thing is, you know, and um, Darlene has not had the same kind of spiritual experiences I have. She's um, a Roman Catholic and very faithful and um, it's wonderful. And and um, things that are a little more metaphysical in nature kind of freaked her out a little bit. <laughs> so she was like a little worried or concerned about what, all the things I was doing. And I think she was curious to read it <laughs> as much as yes. she, I think that was one of the reasons she wanted me to write it so she could read it and try to understand what I was up to. Um, so she encouraged me to write a chapter. So I started writing the chapter and I called her one day and I said, you know, I think this is more than a chapter. This is, this is a whole book. And she said, go for it. You know? So, um, that's really how I came to write Rebecca rising and the whole made it a memoir in itself. Right. And what an amazing story and amazing journey it was. And, um, and you remember so much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you know, I've kept journals. I've kept journals for years and years. So I had a lot of material, you know, already. I had to fill it in. I had to, you know, really fill in the how I was feeling and the actual dialogue and things like that. But I had kept track of a lot of things for that's actually one of the things that led to my um, finally ending my marriage is that something i got a little message one day to start typing my journals and so I, I went back and i was typing up um journals and this was near the end of my marriage but and i started reading conversations that i had had with my husband four years before that were almost identical to the conversations i was still having and it was so eye-opening to me and also so frustrating and i thought i don't want to be sitting here four years from now and reading these same incidents over and over and over you know and, and that's yeah. when i i think i really realized that i was done at that point yeah yeah because yeah. that what you, you get there hold on one second i'm sorry you think you can ask the question All right it's like that's what happens with that life is you're stuck you know and mm -hmm. you, your life is going by but you're in the same position, you're in the same mentality, you're not growing, actually you're losing it. Yeah, right. <laughs> actually be stepping backwards. But you know, when you leave the life and then you look back at it, or you go um, say, I, I quit drinking, it was 28, 29, 30 years ago, whatever the hell it was, I don't even remember, so long ago, okay? And um, I, yeah, I used to keep journals and I had to burn them, but <clears throat> <laughs> I burnt those suckers from, from way back when. Too much uh, we, evidence. 
Yes, I wish I didn't now, but I did. And uh, But, you know, you go back to those times and those people that are still doing it, and they're like, oh, well, where have you been for the last couple of years? It's like a couple of years? It's been like 20, 30 years. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like it really, reality will hit you in the face at that point. You know, you say, oh, my God, you guys, you know, time to grow up a little. Yeah. Yeah. But but it is a disease and it does need to be treated. And uh, what you did was fabulous. Well, you know, it, I, I totally agree. It is a disease. It's a terrible disease. And it was heartbreaking to watch my husband do what he did to himself. Um, but at the same time, when you have a disease, you go get it treated. When You know, and that's what I would say. It's like, if you have diabetes, you go get the medication. You go get, you know, you get some help. And it's frustrating when the individual does not choose to get help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is not the question I was planning on asking, but I'm going to go here anyway. Does your ex-husband realize and, and did he ever get help? And how does he feel about you writing a book, a tell-all book type of thing? I don't know. I, I do not. Um, we do not communicate. He has remarried and so I'm happy for him. I wish him well. I wish him happiness. Um, to my knowledge, he has not gotten help. Um, so I don't know what his day-to-day -day life is like, if he's still drinking as heavily. Um, my kids keep in touch with them, but not, um, you know, not close, more like holidays, you know, conversations, those kind of things. And, and children, how do you feel about this book? How does he feel? I don't know. He, I went back to my maiden name. I was very careful to not, um, use my married name at all in the book to refer to him because I didn't, I don't want to harm him or his reputation yeah. or anything like that. Oh, you asked about my kid, how did my kids feel about it? Um, my kids, uh, they were a little worried. They were a little worried about what I was going to say. <laughs> they knew I was writing it and they didn't really want to talk about it. And I would try to talk about it with them and they were, they didn't really want to go there, but although I knew they were worried about it. And I even, my youngest daughter, I, I gave her a draft. I asked her to read it and get her perspective, but they just, they really didn't want to. However, once I put it out there, I know that they all bought it and read it. And then they were incredibly supportive. I, I tried very hard to not, you know, make it about them. I'm, mm -hmm. I could have told a lot more about them. I, I made them very minor characters in the book. Um, Cause of course they were there and, but they were all teenagers and they had their own stuff going on, you know, and I didn't want to embarrass them in any way or harm them or, you know, make them angry with me yeah. um, as more than I did. I mean, I obviously I put a lot of our family business out there, but yeah. um, it was you know, your they, story. It was more your story than theirs. So you weren't, couldn't yeah. focus on them. You had to focus on what you were. Yes. Uh, yes. And, and what they were doing was, not my, was their story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but how was it for you though, reliving all this stuff? Um, you know, it was it was sometimes painful. I would say having to relive, um, you know, some of those moments that were particularly excruciating and um, embarrassing. I would say it was very embarrassing to realize how much I tolerated, how much I put up with, and I, you know, I really feel like I'm a different person today than I was then, and. Um, so in, I, I would say, you know, my primary feeling of, of going through those experiences again was just feeling kind of embarrassed that I put up with as much as I did. It's not, it's not an embarrassing thing. You know, um, 
because it's really easy. It's, you know, you, you, you get married because you make a commitment to be with this person for the rest of your life and the family yeah. and the everything. And okay. So you, you're blocking your day to day every day, not anything different. And then whatever things get thrown at you, you deal with. It's just that these things kept getting a little bit worse and progressively worse and progressively worse. Well, gradually. So it's not like you were in the shock of, oh my God, you know what I mean? It's like, fantasy is coming. And then even after the first DUI, you were kind of anticipating the second DUI. What if this happens again? You know, what if this is this going to wipe us out financially? Um, all those types of things. Yes. You know, you can't, you should never be, you know, have that shame feeling. Oh, thank you. You, you did everything in your ability to deal with it longer than I did, longer than I put up with it. That's for sure. You know, <gasps> in a lot better ways than I did. Well, I think, yeah. Good. No, I was just going to say, Mama D, that, um, you know, maybe I sometimes I feel like I stayed longer than I should. And um, but however, um, yeah, I kept wanting to have fresh starts. I wanted it to work. I, I was raised that you're married for life and I wanted to be. <laughs> I didn't want to get divorced. I wanted to keep my family together. I was trying to keep things normal for my kids. And we kept, you know, we would move or he would change jobs. And I would think, okay, this is a fresh start. You know, it's going to be great now, you know, and of course it wasn't. But, uh, you know, so there were a lot of reasons that I did what I did. But I think while you're in it, you're thinking you're doing the best for what you believe to be for your family. This is, I need to do this. I need, like you said, when you, to me, a marriage, it's a vow, it's a promise. And I'll do everything in my power to keep my promise. And that's what you were doing. But eventually you you got to see that, you know what, you were going around in that circle. And when you would come back to the same place, like you said, you read your, your journals and you were having, you realized you were having that same conversation. You hit that circle again, it's like, holy cow. So what was it, what was that tipping point that made you say, okay, I'm done? This, yeah, I think, um that those journals, that was a big part of it. And then I had another occasion where um, I came down to breakfast at seven in the morning and he was sitting at the dining room table with a coffee mug, but it was full of beer. <laughs> this was at seven in the morning. I was just like, what the heck, and dude? And he took the newspaper and he put it over the coffee mug. Like he's hiding it. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I thought that I thought that was very childish. And um right, right. You know, and I said, dude, you know, and he said, Don't worry about it. He got really angry. Don't worry about it. And I said, Well, you know, I know that's beer in there. And I said, Can you honestly say that if I was sitting here drinking a beer at seven in the morning that you wouldn't worry about it? Mm. And and he said, Well, I know, I know that it's a problem. And he said, But it's just because I've been out of work. And I said, Well, it's been a problem a lot longer than you've been out of work and that was really i think that was my final straw i really do yeah alcoholics have every excuse under the sun they wrote the books they know them all and they'll come up with them just like that. it's because of this and it's because of that and it's because of this Not yes it's to do with the alcohol you know everything but he else. had to know he was doing something wrong because he covered it he wanted to hide it I know. I know. I know. But it, you, you know, know. Like a small, a small part of his brain was like, eh, nah, but the rest of him is like, you know, fighting it. You justify everything. All your <laughs> actions are justified. And, and you think you're not doing anything wrong. 
you know, and you'll defend yourself. Yes. Every end. You know? Yes. And, I, yeah. and I can't be outraged, you know, like he was. He gets the DUI. He's outraged. Right? First of all, he doesn't tell you the right story. Oh, so yes. Like he's pulled over on the side of the road. First of all, he's got cut off, and then that wasn't it. And and then it's like there's flat tires involved, and there's this and this, and it's like, well, what happened? You know, you know, you don't get the right story until yes. much later. You know, I like, heard about yeah, yeah, five like you're different not stories. Find out. <laughs> you know, like geez, and then where's the car? And then what's this? And what's that? You know, it, uh, I know, I know. It's very frustrating. It's a frustrating thing to deal with, you know. And um, and I do hope, I do hope that he sees it some one of these days. You know, I do too. I because I hate to see someone ruin their own life like that. And yeah, you know, he was. I mean, I married him. He was a great guy. You know, you know, I loved him when I married him, and he's very smart, and he was a very good engineer. And early, you know, when my kids were young, he was a good dad, you know, he did, a, he was a scoutmaster and he was a, a little league coach and, you know, he did lots of great things and, you know, it's, it's just unfortunate to see this have happened. Right. So now all this time during this marriage and moving, you know, with the jobs and he's losing jobs and get another job and lose a job and get another job. And then you're, you know, and you're still trying to put yourself out there um, spiritually and everything. So now you've done the dowsing. And then you turned and you did, um, now that was with Louise, correct? Yes. And then was Reiki with the same person? Yes, yes. Um, so she was my teacher. She she um, also invited me to a Reiki class. After the dowsing class, she invited me to Reiki, which she taught. And so my daughter and I both went through the first two levels of Reiki with her. And uh, again, uh, completely fascinated. I didn't know anything about Reiki. I didn't know what it was, you know, but again, we'd had this kind of fun experience with her and I was like, what the heck, you know, let's just do it. And uh, I, so we went to the class and again, just the, um, the results, you know, seeing what you could do and, and just feeling the energy movement through my own hands, feeling it when it was done on me. I mean, it was just amazing. And then the second class we learned about sending distance Reiki, which again, the skeptic in me was like, what the heck? You know, I can't do that. But it happened to me. I did it to someone else and someone else did it to me. And it was amazing. And I continue to use distant Reiki uh, quite a lot. That's actually one of my favorite things to do is uh, distance Reiki treatments. Awesome, awesome. As mama, it's, she does the Reiki. Yeah, the Reiki. And, and I understand what you're saying. Like when you when it happens to you, the very first time I said distance Reiki was, was a friend of mine. Her son was 18 months old and he had kidney issues when he was born. And he was going through a blood test. And as you can see, I have this affinity for butterflies. And I told, because we used to chat, she's in Australia, and we used to chat, and her son used to be there, and we, you know, have fun, make faces. And I wasn't as in, my butterflies weren't as visual then. And he was having an issue, and I said to her, okay, he said, he was going for a blood test, and he usually doesn't sit still for this. 18 months old, I can't even sit still for it, and I'm a lot older than 18 months. <laughs> and and I, said to my, I said to my friend, I said, just tell him when he starts to sit down, just tell him, Mama sent you something, but you have to be very, very quiet, and you have to look around the room. Just move your head. You have to be quiet, otherwise you'll, you'll, you won't be able to find them. And that's all she had to tell him. And when she came back the next, the next day for me, she said that he sat there very quietly, and he went flutter by, 
Flutterby, opening up, closed his hand. And we all know butterfly and baby germ is Flutterby. Yeah. So that's sort of like my, but that's how I send my distance healing is through butterflies. Beautiful. So, so people, when they're getting it, um, they was like, yeah, yeah, don't worry, I'll get it. Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine in, in the UK. And I said, look, I said, trust me, this is, you're going to, I said, you're going to get back to me tomorrow. Don't worry about it. Said, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And, you know, guys are kind of like, yeah, no, whatever. Um, the next day he messaged me, he says, the goddamn butterfly on the hood of my car staring at me when I was closing the trunk of my car door. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, wow. wow. That's amazing. I love that. I almost wore a butterfly shirt tonight. But, there you uh, go. Anyway, anyway I, I, it was a little too big, so I didn't wear it. But I might send it. <laughs> I just got it in that bag of clothes that we were talking about earlier. But the thing is, everybody, people don't understand it. Reiki, it's, it's an energy healing. And there's so many different modalities of energy healing out there. Not one is better than the other. It's just, you know, it's like coffee. There's a hundred different kinds of coffee, but it's still coffee. Yes. Different kinds of healing, it is still healing. And people... Are more open to it now and i love the idea when people say their their first experience with with getting it it's like it's it's fun to watch because like when you when you talked about it to watch your face glow has <laughs> sort of built up to it it's like you remember you still remember that feeling that energy yes. oh yeah, yeah. Yep. so powerful and so great and you were talking about sending butterflies my teacher used to if she she put it in an email and it would feel like you'd open up her email and it would feel like you got a letter with confetti in it, you know, <laughs> little, that's what it would feel like. It would just be like this little burst of energy that would come out. I always forget to do that. I, I keep, I, you know, when I think about it, like a time like now, I think, oh, next email I send, I'm going to do that. But then I always, always forget. But it, it, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. That's cool. I remember I was, I was um, learning Reiki. I, did, I never finished it, but I, I was kind of veering off into pranic healing. You know, oh, I have mm -hmm. more of that in me than actually Reiki, but I, I would still like to go and get and finish and and become Reiki master. But still, I would more like to go more into the pranic healing and stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I, I think about sickness and my hands heat up. You know, yeah. So you you yeah you've got yeah. an affinity for it for sure. Yeah. So yeah. It's amazing though how different everybody is and how they um their their different gifts can actually help everybody that's what's so great about the metaphysical like i love to learn like what it is that you know makes you special and unique and what your unique gifts are you know that you can offer to people and 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 mama's unique gifts and you know and, and i'm different everybody is different and yes. that's why you got to do your research and, you know, for what you need, you know, you get it from the right person. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's like I say, you could have eight cooks and give them all the same ingredients and say, make a cake. Every cake will taste slightly different because it depends on what you put into it, how much you put into it. You know, so every Reiki person, practitioner, and this, this is my way of viewing things. Every Reiki practitioner, even of the same schooling. Yeah will have will send their own twist to it so like yes. you said you're, you're a reiki master she sends it in the email um i send it with butterflies everybody does it differently but the end result is what's most important absolutely chronic healing is another form like i said it's 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 maxwell house coffee whereas we drink sanka like i don't know the sanka. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about it's, that it's, it's, still, it's still the healing it's still 
the, sending what what you know, needs to be sent for people who need to have it done. Yeah. And yeah. and my my um my best teachers have been the ones who've said you'll find your own way. You know, and I appreciate that because I mean, you know, you have some teachers that are like, no, it has to be done precisely this process, you know, but they we'll deviate a little bit. Yeah, they oh, gave you the foundation and you build on it. Yes. Yeah, you find another example. I find a freaking wonderful massage therapist in Rebecca Carenzo up in Massachusetts. Finally. And, and uh, she's like amazing. It's like God works through her hands. She is amazing. She's little, but man, and I got. I, I'm tough not to crack here, you know, like I'm like a rock and, and she could do it, you know, and someone that went to school with her learned from the same teachers. No, not even close <laughs> to what yeah. she can do, you know? So that's the thing, you know, that's the thing. You got to make sure that you know who you're dealing with. And again, put your feelings yeah. out there, you know, and, uh, and try and try and try and try. So, Rebecca could be the one that you might want to work with, you know, if you guys have issues and stuff. And, yeah. you know, this would be a good time to put up there. This is all of Be Rebecca's uh, info. So this is her website, right? www.evolvewithoutlimits.com. Um, all her Facebooks. So Facebook, you know, the facebook.com or the backsplash. It's Rebecca dot b dot thompson and then uh rebecca rising book backslash and oh look at I, there's a misspell there the facebook oh yeah you're right i didn't uh, even notice until you said so facebook.com sunday at 8 30. um and then instagram at rebecca underscore b underscore thompson b-e-a it's so it's rebecca r-e-b-e-c-c-a underscore b-e-a underscore thompson with a p all right. And then also at Rebecca underscore rising underscore book. And the last one is at Sunday at 830. So and then there's a LinkedIn. Of course, there's a LinkedIn. Okay, all these links at the end of the show, all these links I will put into the chat. So if anybody wants to go and just click on them, you can. You'll have all the links. Great. It's just my other computer went. Thank you. I'm going to edit this one here. So, Mama, why don't you ask that the next question while I... We kind of touched on everything, but in the book, you have a lot of conversations with Darlene. So tell us more about her. She's, aside from the fact that she has an amazing name, love you, girl. You know, tell us what was it... For me, I always get interested in what was the first thing that connected you guys? What was it that you met and it was like, just meshed? Yeah, um, we've known each other for many years, and she's just she's just a great person. I mean, besides the fact that she does have a great name, um, <laughs> and we we started out as young engineers together at uh, at East Makota Company many years ago, and um, we we um, met at a party. Actually, I don't even know if, know if she would remember that I was with a roommate of mine and we met at a party who in this, my roommate said, Oh, you got to meet her. She's so great. She's so great. You know? And, and um, so we were just acquaintances then. But um, after that, we started working in the same building and uh, Kodak was a very, very big company at the time with mm -hmm. like uh, several hundred buildings. <laughs> I mean like 10,000 people working there. And we just happened to um, be working in the same building. And we, we actually have a similar look about us and people even got mistook each other us for each other 
um, <laughs> would call us by the other name. And, uh, you know, so, <laughs> and we just found that we had a lot of similarities. And at the time that we met or, you know, started working together, we each just had one child, um, but they were of similar ages. And we went on to have both of us had three children, similar ages. And we just started doing stuff together outside of work. And um, there was there were other young moms in our area as well. And we started we got, put this group together called Mother's Circle and we'd get together, I think, once a month and go out for dinner and um, mainly talk about potty training. That <laughs> for years and years and then other you know people moved away or you know got jobs elsewhere or whatever and, and until there were we were the only ones left you know and we were still together but we were still talking and having dinner and lunch and um then as i said we went to this course together and it just kind of we just clicked. We just started getting so much done at work and people started to notice that. And it just, it just was really powerful and we just stuck with it. And when I moved to North Carolina, of course we thought, you know, we didn't know if we would stay together as friends. It's hard to keep in touch with people yeah. when they may move far away, you know, even though your intentions are good. So we made a pack. We were crying. We went to this park our last day and we're, we're like laying in the grass in this park and we're both crying because we thought we don't know when we're going to ever see each other again. You know, it's terrible. And uh, so we made this pact. Sorry, my dog is barking. Let's give her a minute to chill. Okay. Um, so we were, we were at this park and we made this pact that we were going to talk on the phone once a week. No matter what, we were going to talk on the phone once a week. And we were going to try and get together in person twice a year. And that was a major thing for us. You were, you know, we're going to be like a, a thousand miles apart and we both have little kids and, you know, husbands yeah. and jobs and commitments, but we were going to try and do this. So uh, we've kept it. This is the first year of COVID-19 that we have not seen each other in person. We've seen each other because of covid um but we've always seen each other at least twice a year and we do religiously talk to each other every sunday at 8 30 which is where the title of the book comes from and it just the the, the title just emerged because like that, that's what we've been about and even our yeah. families would know you know they'd be like hey it's getting close to 8 30 we talked darlene yet you know and it, we, we just were trained that family activities would fall around that time you know <laughs> and uh so yeah we've stuck with it for all these years and so it's, it's i've been very grateful to have such a special devoted friend and so she's also in addition to the fact that we wrote this book together the sunday at 8 30 book she's a major character in my memoir rebecca rising and there's a lot of conversations those sunday night conversations where i'm telling her here's what's happened he's gotten another dui or you know this mm -hmm. is and she's giving me advice or, you know, comforting me or whatever, you know? Yep. Yep. I know. I read them in reverse. I, I should have read oh. the 830 book first and then Rebecca Rising. Oh. Is, yeah. I, I read Rebecca Rising first. And then when I was reading that, I was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, <laughs> get to the chapter of like, oh, no, this should be a book. No, it's more than a chapter. But I, I, I got that. Um, I want to ask you, though, when Mama was talking about butterflies, and obviously you're in the fox then, so you know that like a fox is my spirit animal, butterflies are hers. Now, what do you think about spirit animals? Um, well, I know what you do, but you can tell them what you think about spirit animals. Yes. What, what animal came to you when you were? 
I am a major fan of spirit animals and I took a class. Um, I've taken a number of classes and, uh, and now I'm a shamanic coach actually and, and do shamanic journeying and meet animals and um, can do so on behalf of others as well. Um, but the very first um, journey that I took to find my spirit animal, and this was, I, I you know, all this stuff was going on. I'm having this spiritual journey and my husband's into alcoholism and I'm still working full time, right? You know, holding down a job. Um, and part of my job was coaching, like executive coaching mm -hmm. and um, teaching young managers or like, uh, I shouldn't say young, but um, less experienced managers, um, leading them through uh, their developing their leadership capabilities and so on. So I went off to take an executive coaching program um, to develop my abilities around being a better coach. Well, I just met the most interesting people um, through doing that and all different kinds of coaching, spiritual coaches and people. And so I met this woman, um, her name is Ann Brannon and she's a major character in my book as well. I could talk more about her later, but um, she introduced me to a woman who did um, a course called Branding with Spirit Animals. That was the name of the course. And what she did was she helped you um, build your business by helping you find a, your business spirit animal. So I believe that we have we have a lifetime spirit animals um, that are with us all the time, but we have other spirit animals that come to us just with specific messages that may not be with us for life. And so she was specifically working with us to find our business spirit animal that would help us to understand how to build our business and how to build our brand. And, and so um, at the time, um, I was trying to make a decision over whether to start my own business and um, was going through a lot of stuff. And you know, I still had a full-time job. Um, so I went on this journey and I met Bear. And uh, when I asked Bear what was the message for me, he said, hibernate. And I took that to mean that I should not start a business at that time. It was not the right time for me with all the other things that were going on. Um, and so, yeah, that's fascinating. You know, since then I've, I've had lots of other messages of many different kinds from many different animals, but that was my very first experience. And it was, it was wonderful and fascinating. And I had gone to see a psychic shortly after that, I think. And she said the same, I mean, the, her first thing, I just ran into her actually at a choir practice and she didn't really know me, but she said to me, when are you going to quit your job and start your life as a healer? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> you know, who are you? you know, what are you talking about? And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Cause you know, normally, you know, as a psyche, yeah. you wouldn't just give, um, you know, unsolicited information you get hits, but you don't do that. But she said it just, it just burst out of her. And um, so she apologized for that, but I ended up making an appointment with her to get a psychic reading. And she met me at the door and she was shouting, don't quit your job. <laughs> I was like, wow. what, you know, just a couple of days ago, you told me I should quit my job and be a healer. And she was like, you will, but not yet, not yet. And right. um, of course this was, you know, 10 years ago or more. And uh, so it, it kind of confirmed that bear message of hibernate, yeah. you know, this is not the right time for you to do this. So it's just so interesting when you get um, confirming messages in very different right. ways. Right. You get, also, you got to trust your gut when you get these messages too. Because a lot of people will be like, well, you know, well, this happened and that happened and, you know, but I don't count that, you know, or something. And it's like, what do you, you're getting a message. 
you know, mm-hmm. it might not make sense to you right now, but it will, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't even, it, it could be a month from now, it could be six months from now, but you got the message, you got the warning, you can prepare. Um, right. Don't discount yeah. anything. It's not nothing. <laughs> You get these messages, you know, if you feel like I, I should leave the house right now, don't leave the house right now. You know, yeah. um, yes. Sign Absolutely. The Pay attention mm-hmm. to them. That's the most thing, important thing, too, is paying attention to your surroundings and what's around you and what can happen around you, you know. Yeah, I recently had an experience. I had flies in the house, and I could not get rid of these flies. And uh, there was something I had gotten a message about something that I needed to do and i did not do it and uh, maybe a week or so like uh, right after that i kept getting flies in the, a couple of, and i hate flies i'm like i had a spider run all different kinds of spiders too not like this not like a nest yeah. of spiders. they had like what nine of them within oh, wow yeah she slept with her vacuum <laughs> I did. Uh-huh. I slept with my vacuum. I was kind of like, oh my God, this is insane. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So those spiders were trying to tell you something. So my flies were trying to tell me something. I actually looked up flies as a, a spirit animal or, you know, what is the spiritual meaning of flies? And it was about persistence. And um, so I went back, I realized that I had not done this thing that I had committed to do and I didn't do. And I did the thing. And I, I have not seen a fly in my house since, not yeah. since. And that was probably exactly. six months ago. And yeah. I think people are looking for these humongous signs and yours was just a bunch of small little flies. That was like, a, that was, like I said, most people are looking for the huge, the thunderclap and, and you oh, know, like <laughs> smack upside the back of the head. Nope, just takes small things. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then in today's day and age, too, you yeah. can always, you know, the little things with uh, even change, all different change around. You find pennies, nickels, quarters, dimes, whatever. Okay. Around, um, they have different meanings. Look it up on Google. Everybody has a phone. Everybody, pretty much everybody yeah. has, a phone, has a computer. Look it up. Look up the significance, the feathers, the colors of the feathers that you see around. All these things, they have special significant meanings. If something is out of place, you know. And, and it just makes you go, hmm, you know, don't start mm-hmm. it. Even if you get, you know, write it down, write yourself a little note, do a little post-it note, you know, they get back to this later, but do it, do it because it's a, you know, it's, it's a message and someone's going out of that way to give it to you. But how do you like being a shaman? I mean, what, what, what do you do? Yeah, with, I want to hear more. Yeah. So the same teacher that I went to the spiritual branding class and, um, it was several years later. I mean, I had moved, she was in Pittsburgh, but we, it was an online class um, when I was living in North Carolina. I went through with her for the branding. And then um, I moved to North Carolina and was just in the right at the very beginning of um, uh, getting my divorce. And I saw that she was starting a year long program that was on becoming a shamanic coach. And so she had a video explaining what this was going to be all about. And it's going to all be all about um, journeying you know, to other worlds to meet spirit animals and other beings, other spirits that are um, compassionate and helpful and can help with healing and problem solving for yourself or others. And, um, all, and it also involved use of crystals and all, I mean, just all kinds. And I was like, this is right up my alley. <laughs> this is what I want. And, um, 
So I actually got in touch with her and had a wonderful conversation with her. And she asked, she asked me to um, find a spirit animal for my divorce. Ooh, you got some cool. Yeah, all spirit. Love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All these things. So wonderful. I love cards. I have a couple different decks of spirit animal cards, which I love so much. Um, so, so yeah, so it was, it was just something that was right up my alley. And so it was a, a year long program in, in learning about, um, shamanic journeying. And so I continue I, to do that on my own behalf or on behalf of others. And so that's, that is something that I offer that I can, um, meet a spirit animal for you. I can ask a question or meet other, uh, guides on your behalf, um, that will, and I, and I, sometimes I don't know, you know, I'll come back with an image and it won't mean anything to me, but yeah. then I'll, tell it to the person and they'll be like, oh yes, I know exactly what to do. And I mean, even to this day, I have no idea why, you know, yeah. but okay, if it was helpful to you. Yeah. You know. yeah. So so people can come to you, whether it's through Facebook or your website and, and ask you to do a spiritual journey to find out who their, their spiritual and their spirit guide is. Yes, yes, and you can find an animal on their behalf and ask the animal a question. Um, or sometimes you meet a, a different, like a, a god or goddess, you know, like um, Zeus or, you know, Diana or, or Freya, you know, you'll, you'll meet different um, guides, whether they're in human type form or animal form, you meet different and you get different messages or you just see images, you know, maybe there's a tree with, you know, <laughs> golden apples on the tree or something like that. And you go back and you tell the person and, and it, it means something to them, you know, a lot of the time. Exactly. Now you do this when you started talking. You had, you, you, it started out as the flying, um, the flying person, the flying. What was it? Um, oh my goodness. Oh, it's so goddess Diana. Flying, Diana. Yeah, flying being being that you were you until you found out who it was, and uh, this is this is the goddess Diana. If you if you look her up, she's really um associated with animals with the hunt she's usually pictured with um a deer but i had to try to find something that had a fox <laughs> yeah <laughs> <Which> is, <laughs> with the moon that is like one of the most famous tapestries of her ever um so beautiful. But, but you can look that up you know look up goddess diana and she she was directly communicating with you so i would say like that's like your main guide Yes, definitely. One of my main guides. Um, how I met her, um, my husband was facing yet again another job change and a move to another state. So we'd already moved to North Carolina. He was moving to South Carolina and um, I was trying to decide if I even wanted to go with him. And at this, by this time, it's like, really, you know, <laughs> I shouldn't be doing this. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I had these good girl voices in my head, you know, you're married for life, be a good wife and keep your family together. And you're the one that keeps all the balls in the air and, you know, does all this. So I have all those good girl messages. And then I have this other like, no, you know, you'd be crazy to go with this guy. And so I was really struggling with this decision. And um, one night my dog got me up in the night and which she didn't typically do. But I was like, all right, just got to go out. So take the dog out. And it was one of those gorgeous, huge, low in the sky, full moons. I mean, just one of those big ones. And it just like kind of hit me in the face when I got out there. And it was honestly, it was like, it was talking to me. I heard, I just heard this voice in my head that was coming from the moon. And she said, you're missing the point. <laughs> I thought, 
what? <laughs> you know? I know, right? You keep getting thumped on the head. You keep getting thumped on the head. Everything that you've done has been very powerful and a very strong message for you. Yes. And, and it's just like, and that's what you needed because it, you have that strong skeptic engineer in you that it needs to be really bashed into you. So yeah, there's a yes. huge bright moon. Like, yeah, hello <laughs> again. Yes, it's me and you're missing the point. So then what do you do with this information? Yeah, right. So well, she went on to say, you know, the point is not, you know, I was trying to logic my way into this decision, right? What are the pros and cons? And, you know, <laughs> what's yeah. the, all the, the logic behind it? And I'm trying to decide through some force of my own mental powers or whatever. And she said, you know, you're, you're just missing the point. It's not about what you should do. It's not about what nice suburb you're going to live in. It's about how do you want to feel? And who do you want to be in this world? And I was like, whoa, you know, I, I never even thought about how I wanted to feel that that was practically irrelevant to me. You know, I never thought about my feelings being important. I was always, you know, yep. just the good daughter, good wife, good employee, good citizen, good neighbor. And it, well, how I felt about any of that was irrelevant. I was just trying to, you know, keep it together. And so I started to think about that. And it, it turned out to be a message of self-love and learning to love myself and what is it that I want? And so she went, I mean, I went on to have these conversations, you know, regularly, you know, within, I, at first they were maybe every few weeks and then sometimes it would be nightly for a while, but it was all about learning to listen to my own heart, learning to love myself. How do I want to feel? What do I want? I had never even thought about those things and I didn't think it was possible to think about those things. I thought, I'm just, this is my life, you know? I'm married to this guy, I'm raising these wonderful kids and I'm trying to make the best of everything. And it's like, no, 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 no. You know, you, you need, there's there's something different for you, but you have to find it within your own heart and not through your head and the logic and pros and the cons and all that stuff. Exactly. And, and so that's what, it, that's what it began to be about. And that's, you mentioned earlier how busy I was, and that was one of the major messages too. Was just all about slow down, you know, get rid of some of these, yeah, yeah, and yeah. just just stop it. And another big thing that happened to me right around that time was I accidentally deleted my entire inbox of email. Oh, <laughs> I would like, have a heart attack. Oh my god! I practically <laughs> did. It was like panic, panic, you know, and but at the same time it was this huge relief <laughs> you know like yeah. oh, fresh, fresh slate well you kept saying that you want a fresh slate you want a fresh slate yeah and anything that yeah it's like you were trying to get a fresh slate with him but not for you and you needed yeah. it for you i needed so, it for me a, yeah this was a little kick in the butt for you exactly right. well ladies I'm, I'm gonna put a hold here because we're running a little pit past our our uh break okay. time we have a little video to show otherwise oh, back in our, our, somebody gonna kick somebody's butt it's not mine <laughs> the fox den is now proudly sponsored by vortex ghost gear one of the leading fabricators of paranormal equipment bob christopher is the founder and creator of vortex ghost gear he has decades of investigating, starting with his team at NEPA and as lead in the popular local TV show, Ghost Detectives, he has experience of how spirits could be seen or heard. 
Using this knowledge, he has manufactured equipment for specific scenarios of spirit manifestation and communication. He is the only manufacturer of the popular, lifelike trigger prop cats and dogs. Using proximity meters wired to lights and sound, these prove to be highly effective communication devices in the field of study. The HTO, another Vortex exclusive, allowing specific items to be the highlight or trigger of your investigation. For example, place the item on a metal tray or attach directly to any metal object such as keys or glasses that continue to go missing or moved. Ask the spirit to touch the item. The HTO will light. It has a sound option as well. This device was used in Travel Channel's Ghost Nation with great results. The dome, a static detector, can be the most useful device in your gear bag. This is to back up the theory that the spirits manifest using static electricity. Using several, you can track a spirit, for example, walking down a hallway, setting off each as it passes. The geophone detects vibrations. This is another way to track movement. If a claim is footsteps in the hallway or stairwell, set the sensitivity and place the device in that area. Its band of lights will show a range of vibrations from the slightest tapping, lighting only a few lights, to the loudest thumping, lighting the entire range. The EasyScan Ghost Boxes are very popular due to the ease of use. They are custom decorated to the individual or team using them. Bob programs and uses an Arduino-based computer scanning FM waves to potentially communicate with the spirit realm in real time. Every box is unique and all custom hand-decorated by Gina Bankston. The V-Pod has a special place for those who love the idea of REM pods. Use this sleeker, smaller, easier to transport device. It is a must-have in your gear bag. Take your investigating to the next level with many of Vortex Ghost Gear's unique and custom creations by Bob Christopher. Visit www.vortexghostgear.com to view all the products and get your equipment today. You can also investigate with Bob and Gina with ghostly excursions taking people to some of the most haunted locations in the USA. Visit www.ghostlyexcursions.com and join us on our next adventure. There, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, let, let me just spill the beans, okay? A really great host that I am. I forget this laptop, the keyboard is, is, is over there. And I forget to bring it over here so I can use it. So I'm getting messages going, I can't type. <laughs> so I had to... It's okay. It's okay. Um, so, yes. All right. So, so getting back to your story. Now, you you had talked about your relationship with Anne earlier, and you said you were going to talk more about her. Um, sure. Why don't we get more into your journey with her and what she helped you? Yeah. Yeah. She was so such a good friend and helpful to me. I met her through the coaching program. I told you I went off to learn how to more about being a good coach, and she was one of the first people I met. She was in the program, but she was actually a college professor. Um, at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, where we took the coaching program. And um, she just was so different from me. You know, I told you, I was just like this ordinary 
girl, engineer, skeptic, no background in the metaphysical. And she is a practicing witch and she was a professor of medieval history and medieval literature. And um, she's also a recovering alcoholic. And so she was able to really help me with that aspect of the stuff I was dealing with. And she acted as a sponsor to me really um, throughout, you know, this, this journey that I was on. And, and she was actually the first one who really, um, identified that I was talking to the goddess Diana. Cause I, you know, I, I started talking to the moon and at first I thought I was crazy. I didn't, you know, I'd never had any kind of experience like this, but it was very real. And yet at the same time, it was really weird to me. And I, I mean, I don't feel that way now. I mean, now, you know, there's many, many ways of connecting with the divine. And that was just one, you know, tuning in through the moon. It's, and it seems very normal to me, but at the time it was kind of unsettling. And I didn't know who to talk to about it. And um, so she said to me, you know, I think that, and at the time we were, we were um, learning about how to identify all these different voices in your head that are helping to make you a decision. And um, so she was one of many voices in my head and I was calling her the flying one because um, I had dreams about her. I had dreams that she was like this sorceress flying around the room and, um, also was the same voice that I was hearing from the moon. And she said, I think your flying one is the goddess Diana. And the reason I think that is you know, like the tapestry you showed, she, there were, she's the goddess of the hunt and she's pictured with dogs often. And she said, she's working through your dog. She's always waking you up in the night <laughs> with your dog. So she's got that connection to dogs. Um, so that, that's what I think. And um, so it was very, it was very matter of fact to her, you know, she didn't think this was weird at all. She was just like, Hey, I think you ought to look into goddess Diana. I think you ought to look into moon work, you know, understanding the phases of the moon and the magic associated with that. And so she just was quite a mentor to me through all of this. And it was really helpful because, you know, I told you, um, my friend Darlene, I'd love her to the moon and back. Um, but she was very different, um, in that she didn't, she didn't understand these metaphysical experiences and and she also had some discomfort with them so she was really not able to um help me you know process them she didn't want to go there yeah you didn't yeah. you didn't even want to tell her because you knew she wouldn't understand. yeah exactly and I, yeah i didn't i didn't want to freak her out and i didn't want to upset her and so you know i so i really needed a, a mentor i needed somebody and so Anne turned out to be that person yeah that is the fascinating thing about this book too is is as you're going and when you when you when you read this book, people get the book, right? Just read the book, and um, and it's amazing. The people that are put in your life at the perfect, perfect times, mm -hmm. you know, you, you're starting off with the dowsing, and then, you know, and the reiki. And it's like you, you're getting progressively and progressively and progressively mm -hmm. more into all these things. And the, the bigger the signs and the more, you, you know, you're accepting, the bigger and stronger the gifts are that you're receiving, you know? Mm -hmm. And this is bringing you out of your hibernation and into True. you. And that's the journey here. It's not all about the alcoholic. The alcoholic people will relate to and, and understand. But you had to go all that time and live through everything that you needed to live through to get to where you are right now. So, I mean, nothing doesn't happen for, you know, no reason whatsoever. So it's, but it is, it's fascinating. To, it's a fascinating read. To definitely thank you, know, you watch the journey and and how you remember everything and because of your journals that you kept really is like that that final nail there so <laughs> it's it is fascinating so guys get the get the book let's put this um 
Okay, and make sure you read them in order. Gina's the expert at which yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, do the Sunday at 8.30. Do that one first and then do Rebecca Rising. Um, they're, they're not huge reads. They're, you know, what are they, 150 or so pages? Yeah. They're not, they're not anything, you know, not novels, okay? So much is in these you know, the, this little book. It's just cram-packed. I mean, because I can relate because I lived this type of a life a long time ago, you know. But the emotional and the, the mental and the physical things still remain, you know. So you still, those are the things that you have to treat and take care of. You know? Now, mm -hmm. you did Al-Anon yes. you know, with all that kind of stuff. Now, yes. I went to a couple of Al-Anons because, I mean, I was, in, I was an alcoholic in a relationship with an alcoholic. So it's like, you know, but I tried Al-Anon and it just, I didn't feel right there. Mm -hmm. You know, I felt mm -hmm. like the, um, the opposing team. <laughs> you know, listening to it's, the stories, you know. Yeah. And, um, oh, I see. It yeah. Was, it was different, so I, I didn't. I didn't really stay in those those classes, but you know, they they helped all those people. They helped you. you they know? did. It's funny you say that because I actually went to um I went to an AA meeting at at one point. I was in Al Anon, but um. At the beginning of Al-Anon, uh, at least in the meetings that I went to, they would say that their purpose was to help, you know, to to give support and help to their alcoholic. And I remember one time I was just so struck by those words and thinking, I don't support and help my alcoholic. Mostly I'm mean to him. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, like, I'm, I'm so mad at him. I'm so irritated with him. I don't, I don't know how to help and support him. And so... Uh, I think it was Ian who was being kind of my sponsor at that time said, maybe you ought to just go to an AA meeting or two and kind of get a feel for, you know, what it's like for them and what do they need from you? And it was so interesting. So I did. And uh, they went around the circle to have introductions and I saw it, you know, I'm a grateful member of Al-Anon and that's why I'm here to, and I, I told that exact story. I don't feel like I am providing support <laughs> to my alcoholic. I'm mean to them. And um, they were so happy that I was there. They were just so thrilled. They were like, wow. And, you know, this one young man came up to me and said, I didn't know there were people in Al-Anon other than my own family members. I've never met one. You know? And this guy came up to me and he said, I'm going to give you the Al-Anon hug. And I said, what's that mean? And he, he held his arms like straight out. Like, <laughs> I know that you don't want to get any closer to an alcoholic than that. <laughs> so it was a, it was a fun experience and, you know, grateful that I got to go and, and experience that but yes yeah, you know of course it's not for everybody and for me Al-Anon was like a blind date that people kept trying to fix me up with right I didn't right. think I needed to go I didn't think it's like I'm not the one with the problem right uh, you know he should go to AA I shouldn't have to do anything and right. I didn't want to and I finally went because I didn't know what to do I was kind of desperate and I thought well other people keep telling me I should do this so I'm gonna go and it was frustrating at first because they really don't tell you what to do. They just, um, you know, they tell oh, you keep coming back. Because <laughs> I thought I'm going to go and I'm going to learn how to fix my alcoholic. <laughs> I'm going to learn how to get him to go to AA, how to get him to stop drinking. And once I do, then I can just wash my hands of this and that'll be that. Well, 
that's not what it's about at all. Yeah. It's no. about working on yourself. You know, it's about it's about understanding what are you doing, you know, to contribute to this problem, and and so how can you change your own behavior? How can you detach from being so obsessed with your alcoholic's behavior? Because I was, I was counting the beer cans. Uh, you know, how many are in the trash today? You know, and so yeah. obsessive about that, and also um codependent you know in that i i was solving everybody else's problems you know finding everybody's lost keys or you know whatever it was <laughs> i didn't think i was doing that but as i started to examine myself i realized how much i was doing it just um i was getting again, off on solving busy. everybody else's problems <laughs> yeah again very busy and when you're busy solving everybody else's problems you don't have to look at yourself you know, and when when you're busy criticizing your alcoholic, it makes you look good. Right? Yeah, so. that, too, that too. That too. You know. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing. It's a the alcoholic creates the issues. You know, you try to solve them, you can't. You know, then they'll yeah. blame you because you can't solve it. And then it's it's a vicious cycle, and it just starts yeah. over and over and over and repeats and repeats and repeats. And it stems with that. You know, it stems with the alcohol. They need to make that choice and that decision, you know, that this is more powerful than me. I can't do this by myself. I need help, you know, so accept, you know, they have to accept that fact. Once they do that, you know, life can change. But if they don't, you can't. But that's the only thing that you can do is work on you. And you did that. You did that to so many great levels, you know. Mm -hmm. Like it's amazing. It's amazing. But I think that that, oh, that, you. that message that you Thank just you. gave out doesn't only work for alcoholics. Hmm. Everybody who has different kind of of, of uh, addictions has the yeah. same thing to work on. Yes, absolutely. And, you I, know. and I have a feeling a lot of people are going to see that. They're going, well, someone's house not an alcoholic. They just like you know. Do, do, wait a minute. Because if you continue to listen, it's a different thing. It's a different thing, but it's the same thing. The the fix is you can't fix uh, uh, your broken husband because he you know he doesn't do this or she doesn't do this or whatever. You have to fix yourself yeah. first. Yeah, alcohol, that's right. Yeah, alcohol. That's one thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it could be anything. Anything that makes you feel good. You know, an addictive mm -hmm. personality is a huge thing, and we all have it. I have it. You know, sure. mm -hmm. an addictive personality. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. you work on it all the time, all the time, all the time, yeah. all the time. You know, but it could be anything. It really could be. It could be, you know, if you're addicted to sex, drugs, rock and roll, movies, uh, yeah. not shopping, right? Shopping or, yeah. You know, gambling is huge. I mean, yeah. yeah. The same thing, mm -hmm. too. You can't fix a gambler you can't fix an alcoholic you can't fix a drug addict you can't fix anybody that's addicted to anything you know you can only be the best version of you that you can be you know? that's exactly right you know and that's what they say you can't uh you can't pour from an empty cup you know that's so right. you, you you have to take care of yourself or you're not going to have anything left to give to other people so you can't just keep trying to help other people if you haven't done the work on yourself and it's like they always say about putting the oxygen mask on yourself first, right? Before you try to yes. put it on a child or another person. Exactly. So this yeah. is it. This is the lifeline. So if you guys, you know, yeah. if you're in this type of a situation with an addictive personality person or, you know, in your family, it doesn't have to be a spouse. It doesn't have to be anything. It can be a brother or a sister or, you know, your kids, whatever. 
you're not alone. Yeah. You know, that's that's the main thing. And this book can help you. You know, I mean, in, in a quick read, you know, it brought back so much to me of, of that life that I had, you know, so long ago. And it's like, wow, you know, yeah, I've come a long, long way since those times. And so has he. You know, we get along great now. Oh, that's so great. That's wonderful. But, you know, we have both come a, a, a real long way with that. So these books are kind of crucial for those people, really. All right. Nice, and it's, nice it's, for something, it's for something that everybody get the books, read them. It You never know. and Because I'm sitting here listening and I'm seeing not seeing visually, but I'm seeing things, hearing things that sort of like, you know, the dominoes are falling into place or the Jenga's falling, whatever the heck it is. Things are sort of falling into place. And I was like, okay. So it's it's something that has to, so definitely going to be reading the books in order. Thank you very much. <laughs> so. Yeah. I know. I sent, I sent them to you late and yeah. uh, I apologize and, for that. And the thing is, you said they're not very big books. This goes no. back to what I was saying. You're not looking for the big kaboom. This is a tiny little thing that's going to help. You know, it's it's not guaranteed to help everybody, but it's going to, 10 to 1, it's going to help somebody. So get that tiny Thank little you. book. Yeah. <laughs> for what, for, yeah, from where you where you came from, you were always a profession, you know, but you were, you were, you were in this stuck little rat race going on, you know, and you were keeping yourself very busy. And, um, but to, to come out of it in the, in a metaphysical realm is, you know, that's not how everybody's going to come out of it. It would be Absolutely. wonderful if they did, but, mm -hmm. um, but you know what, they're, they're different journeys and everyone's going to have one of their own, but it could spark an interest. So mm -hmm. if you have no idea about these things, she had no idea about these things. And now she's a shamanic coach and she's a Reiki master and she's, you know, she can do dowsing. She can take you on a spiritual, uh, you know, a, a quest to find your animal spirit guides or talk to your spirits, animals. I mean, look at what she's done. Yeah. And how far she's come in a very relatively short time. Yeah. Do you, you do meditation with people? With people? Yeah. Um, like, like example, if I wanted to go, if I called you up and said, okay, I want to do a shamanic journey. I want to do, go meet, not just have you do it, but have oh, I see. together. Yeah. I have done that and it's um, that it's actually very powerful to do that. And mm -hmm. yes, we can go through a guided meditation and you could meet your own spirit animal. You could meet your own guides. And I, I think that's actually critically important. And one of my best teachers is, was the one who really taught me, you know, you, you do it for yourself. Like she, she said yeah. the saddest thing to her was when people would be at the psychic fairs and stuff and just going from psychic to psychic to find answers and, yeah. you know, it's, it's so important to teach people to be able to take those journeys for themselves, to find those answers for them, to use the tools, you know, and find their own answers. So I'm, I'm all for that. I think that's very powerful. And I'm, I'm starting to use, I mean, I still have a foot in the corporate worlds. So I do team building, I do leadership development. And, you know, I always thought my two worlds could not ever meet, you know, I'm kind of in this secret woo-woo metaphysical world. <laughs> You know, yeah. it was crazy stuff and I never talked about it and I didn't know who yeah. I could talk to, you know, and then at the same time, I'm, you know, in the corporate world doing all this stuff. But I have found that, I mean, well, of course, a lot of things are becoming more mainstream. You mentioned earlier, yeah. like, you know, Reiki, more yeah. people are, are yeah. 
learning about it and and they're even reiki masters in operating rooms now and yep. things like that which is so wonderful um yeah. or in like cancer wards and things like that um providing support to people i think that's fabulous so it's becoming more well known and more mainstream but even in the corporate world i mean I, we're doing guided meditations we're doing yeah. um i don't call them spirit animal readings but i'll use like my cards and i'll say oh you know everybody pick a card and and tell us what message does this animal have for you today you know and so kind of keep it in in uh you know light um, language, yeah. you know, and not make it real heavy or real woo woo, but, um, people yeah. are really resonating with that. So, yeah. Um, awesome. yeah, that is awesome. And yeah, and I'm so glad, I'm glad, you know, that the world we live in now is definitely more open to this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, cause years ago, you know, yeah, I was like you, I mean, I'm like, I'm in the yeah. design world and I'm out there building stuff and everything. And like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm spirits all the time and ripping apart a house and you know i'm getting angry spirits <laughs> you know like don't take that wall down <laughs> you know, but i can't you can't say anything like that when you're in you know as a designer those people look at you like you're nuts you know yeah well and like you say it's in the corporate world i had a guest on my show mark anthony he's a psychic lawyer he is a practicing lawyer i've had somebody else practicing lawyer and they're in the woo woo field and everybody goes through the same thing where it's like oh my god i don't want to tell anybody about this yeah you know? and and it eventually it's just you just you get to the point i mean i was the same way i didn't want people to know who i was and what i did outside of my regular day job right what's here and now it's like Psh, i don't care yeah <laughs> that's who i am right i think it's so great yeah. if we can start to be our whole self you know yeah exactly. uh, no matter where you are if you can bring your whole self that that's really what it's all about exactly and never stop learning that's a new sure. you can never stop learning i don't care what you know i know it all nobody knows it all i'm sorry but when you know it all you're in the ground or at least <laughs> <laughs> you're on the other side that veil i didn't know it all then but now i do now <laughs> now i do yeah <laughs> but i will fight adamantly for the things i do know but you guys you guys read a lot of books and uh, yes and i had you know like this was one of them the the, the, the celestine prophecies prophecy, right and you had this one and the next one you read but you have a, you have a list in the back of the book of one of the books which one yes Sunday morning, Sunday. Eight. It's at Sunday at eight thirty. Yeah. So yeah, the books that you read, you you guys varied. In oh my gosh, it was all over the place. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. But really good books are in there. You know? Yeah. So how did you, how did you choose the books? Um, you know, well, we started out, we read mostly books related to work, you know, we were industrial engineers. So we were reading, you know, lean manufacturing and you know, statistical process control, and real fun stuff like that. And huh. then um, Celestine Prophecy was one of the first books that we read that kind of deviated from that. And uh, some of it is just stuff people recommend to us as a friend of Darlene's had recommended that to her. And, and she said, Would you be interested in reading it? And I said, Sure. And that's when we really I learned about the whole concept of, you know, coincidences that are synchronicity. And uh, that's been a, a, a theme, you know, a fascinating um, theme for us throughout our lives since then. And um, continue to kind of collect those examples of synchronicity in our own lives is so much fun. Um, but so a lot of it is the recommendations from people. And sometimes it's um, 
something's going on in our life and we want to read about it, you know? So we're both on a fitness kick. So we're going to read diet books or exercise books or okay. um, sometimes it's just, we're tired and we want to just read a novel, you know, so it's something fun. Um, we read the Bible from cover to cover. It took us okay. two yeah, years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I can't understand. I wanted to do that. I actually started that one time and I got so lost. I was just, like, yeah, I can't. Yeah. I can't do this. <laughs> I, I've been given a Bible in the, I think in the fourth or fifth grade, you know, I was raised in the Presbyterian church and I was given this Bible and it had a plan in the front of it for how many chapters, if you want to read the Bible in a year, how many chapters should you read from the old Testament and how many chapters should you read from the new Testament every day or every week, whatever. And it was a lot. <laughs> and yeah. we, just, we decided we weren't going to read. Um, we decided to just start with the New Testament. We were just going to read that. So we followed that plan just for those chapters. And it took us a whole year to do that. And then when we finished that, we said, you know what, let's go back and read the Old Testament. So we took a whole nother year and did that. And um, as I said, you know, my friend is Roman Catholic. And it really, I've heard a lot of people say that reading the Bible really helped them to deepen their faith. Mm -hmm. And that did for her. I would say that it did for her. And for me, I was kind of the other way. I just became more skeptical. Like this isn't, this isn't for me. This isn't what I believe, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but I think if you're going to be in a religion, then you should read the book. Yeah. I'm raised, I'm raised a Catholic, you know, we did the confirmation and, you mm -hmm. know, Hey, I was an altar girl. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> really? Oh my gosh. Yep. Oh, see, I just learned something new about you today. <laughs> they had that little bell to ring and when people were supposed to, and I would play with it beforehand. So I wasn't a very good altar girl. Yeah. <laughs> I question so much. I, yes. you know, I was always like in catechism. I'm always like, well, why? What, you know, I don't, I'd always ask these crazy mm -hmm. And I can tell the teachers are getting very frustrated with me. I'm like, yeah, but this doesn't make sense. But this doesn't make sense. You know, and yeah, I was always really combative with it. You know? But I have to give major props to your I friend Arlene. I have to give major props to your friend Arlene because of her her belief. She didn't stop like a lot of people who who believe in in you know Roman Catholic will be like pull away from their friends who don't, and mm. she didn't. The connection with you guys still came. So, and that's why I'm sorry, but that's why I believe that you guys. This is not the first time you guys are together. But I think you're probably right. Yeah. yeah, because we've we've really been together through thick and thin, and yeah, I I, I have to believe that is is true as well. Yeah. yeah, there's that there's that deep connection. That's why that's why I was asking you what was the first thing. <laughs> Poke me out. <laughs> that's why I said what was the first thing that made you. What was that first thing that connection? You know, because there's always just that. You know, like you said, you just sort it just sort of you two guys just sort of fell into place. Yeah, we just felt, you know, like I said, I met her at a party, but I'd heard her name. She was in my division and, you know, I, she's, she's such a good reputation. She's just a really, really good person and good at what she does. I mean, just amazingly good person. Okay, you're going <laughs> to have to come back and watch this show because they're like, you rock. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she does rock and she's just, she's just amazing. And I'm really grateful to call her my best friend because she's just a really great person yeah. and so smart and so good at what she does and just, just has a really wonderful reputation in her industry and in her community. She's just great. Um, so yeah, I'm very, very fortunate. I had heard of her before I met her and then we and just, that's, that's the thing when, when we have lived past lives, when we have connections from past lives, you may not get the, it may not happen the first time. Everything just sort of until that, that 
the timing is right, your circles will, will coincide in some way or another. And that's exactly what it is. Like you said, you heard her name before. You guys mm -hmm. worked in the same company. You probably had a lot of other things that were connecting you, but you weren't doing it. You may have shopped at the same grocery store, but you went on Tuesday and she went <laughs> on Thursday. You know, there's a connection that, that yeah. some people don't sit there and realize. So very cool. The late, the late 70s, early 80s, I used to, I had, I didn't really work for a lot of people. I, I've been self-employed majority of my life. But, um, but I did work for this guy, Dave, at the picture place. And I went in there to do actually book work. And I ended up, in, but they developed photos. So I, I'm like, you know, I give me millions of checks written out the Eastman Kodak. Oh, wow. <laughs> the, film, you know, the film coming yeah. in. But then I ended up working in the black rooms for a while, you know, and, and developing, yeah. putting the big rolls of film on the stuff. And then I eventually went into doing um, some slides and we'd have to call them in to have oh. them on the phone. So you had to call up on the modem, hook it onto a thing, we'd go out. And then you have to wait for an actual physical slide to come back to you, you know. Wow. Craziness, crazy. <laughs> I Where know. That's a different world right there. there. Yeah. Now your printer right here can just print out your pictures. Isn't and, it amazing? Know. I know. I know. Didn't yeah. see that coming, but it was it it was a great place to work back in the day. It was really, yeah. really I, yeah, great. I got, I got really heavy involved in, you know, that whole business and I dealt with a lot of people over at Eastman Kodak. So Wow. So we have a connection too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 It was, um, it was a fun place. It was a fun place to work and it was, a you know, and there were great people down there. Oh, and people love their pictures. That's the, the greatest thing about working for a company like that. People, people used to run into burning buildings to get their pictures, you know, yep. their baby pictures or their wedding pictures and, you know, just such a powerful, yeah. um, Everybody's pictures are in the cloud now, but I have, I I've been, you know, I've been going through stuff in, in my house and I just found a huge, I just put it over there, a huge box of pictures, you know, mm. and I have like all my albums downstairs and I was looking at those. Um, I had my second husband died and his family called up and said, do you have those photos of, you know, when mm. their parents, they would go fishing and these pictures meant the world to them. So I'm like, yeah, I do. So then I'm taking out the album and I'm taking pictures of the pictures and sending it to them. And they were just so beyond thrilled, you know, oh, yes, yeah. dad, the whole family out on the beach with the big fish and, you know, and just yeah. memories, you know, and now everybody's just like, you know, click, click, click on the phone. Half of them you delete and the rest of them are in the cloud. Who knows whether it's, yeah, I don't know. You know, in the cloud. Yeah, but it's, it's a thing now for, for pictures to be printed out and put them on your wall and, and they're engraved on glass. And, and so, you know, it's like, yeah, well, yeah, I got a big thing of pictures over there. I got, you know, I got lots of. I still, I like to print out the pictures. Yeah. My, I, oh my God, my daughter takes so many pictures of my grandson. I could print every day. Uh, <laughs> I get to see them. Good ones. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. pictures. Yeah. So let's reel it. Places than me. Let's reel it in a little bit back to to the questions, because this one sort of stood out to me. Tell me about Barry Manilow. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, so, so that was one of the things of uh, you know I'm having these conversations with the moon, who turned out to be goddess Diana, mm -hmm. and um, so yeah, one night I'm out there. So I, I started to learn. I didn't have to 
be awakened in the middle of the night to have these conversations, right? I could connect to her whenever I wanted to, but I, I didn't know that for a long time. I thought I would just wait to be called out in the middle of the night. So this one night I'm out there and, um, you know, at this point, my now ex-husband had moved to South Carolina and I was in North Carolina. It was a four hour drive. And so he was coming home every weekend and uh, Barry Manilow was coming into town that weekend and I had wanted to go to the concert. And my, my now ex was like, oh, I'm not going to see Barry Manilow, you know? So I was a little disappointed because I wanted to go, but I didn't feel like I could go by myself. That was not something I did. And, you know, he was only home on the weekend. So I have to be with him. And, you know, so, you know, that was, that was kind of the backstory of that, but he had phoned my ex, not Barry Manilow, uh, my ex had phoned me. My ex had phoned me from South Carolina and said, I'm not coming home this weekend. I have to work on a project. So, so I was going to be alone for the weekend. It was fine. So I'm out talking to the moon and it was a Thursday night and the concert was Friday night. I mean, I wasn't even thinking about the concert at this point at all, but I'm talking to Diana. And um, so I said, anything else you want to tell me before I go back in the house? And she said, yes, there may still be Barry Manilow tickets available. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, the tells you to go to a concert, you know, it's like, yeah. wow. you, can't, you can't not go. You can't let go, right? So how do you refuse? So I ran back in the house and I got on my laptop and at first I just went on to Ticketmaster or whatever and the tickets were pretty expensive and I was like, "Eh, I don't know, you know? So I went on to StubHub and I got a ticket for $50 in the fifth row on the floor and it was fabulous. I went by myself. I had such a great time and just hung out with the people that were sitting near me. There's this woman and her daughter and we're singing along to all the songs and Mm. we just had a great time. It was so much fun. So it was kind of like, you know, a lesson of um, you can do this by yourself. You you know, you don't have to. Wasn't, wasn't one of your bosses there? Yeah. Yeah. The CEO of the company I was working for was there. He just, and I, right near the end of the concert, I heard my name being called, you know, Becky, I went by Becky back then, Becky, Becky. And I turned around and it was our CEO and his wife. And I ran over to him and I hugged him, which I wouldn't normally do. So it was just, it was just a fun, fun situation. Yeah. <laughs> you, just, you just said you were Becky then. How yeah, did you go from trans the transformation from Becky to Rebecca. Yeah, so all my life, um, you know, I, I my name is Rebecca. That's on my birth certificate, but all my life I was called Becky and went by that ever since I was a little girl. And um, but it was starting through this journey, I started to just feel different, <laughs> and um, you know, I ultimately got divorced, moved to California, moved across the country, got a different job, you know, changed my whole life. And I, I wanted to honor that transformation with a different name. And, but I, I started to feel that yearning before I even moved from, away from North Carolina. Um, and I went to a class and we went around the circle and they asked what, you know, what everybody's name was. And I said, Becca. And I don't know what it just came out of my mouth, right? Like, why did I say that? You know, my, do I feel weird because I'm doing all this woo woo stuff and I'm like hiding with a different name or do I just really want to be a different person or what is it? You know, I didn't really know why I said it. And then later in that same class, we were taking a break. So we're all in the kitchen getting tea or whatever. And somebody says to me, Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot your name. You know, what was it? And I said, Becky, because it, I had forgotten. (laughs) 
Yep. yep. So I felt like a total idiot. And this other woman says, well, I thought you said your name was Becca, which is it, you know? And I was like, oh, it's Becky. You know, I kind of backed off. But, um, you know, once I got to California, I started introducing myself. I said, I'm, I'm Rebecca. The, the, and I don't even think of myself at all as Becky anymore, even though the majority of my life I went by Becky. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, you know, the, the pen names and stuff. She, what, say it. Okay. When we first had the, the, the intro meeting last uh, this week, um, the name keeps popping into my head and it's still doing it. So I'm going to have to say, I keep hearing Becca Boo. Becca Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but that's that's what I keep yeah. hearing is Becca Boo. Yep. Oh, so, that's cute. Yep. Um, also, now, what do we got left? Okay. All right. We're doing all right. The artwork on the cover. Talk about that. Let me put that. Yeah, in. it's pretty. Well, it's this me. It's meaningful. Mm -hmm. There we go. Thank okay. you. So you got yeah. the end. I see yeah, the bear. Can, um, yes, there's the bear from I was telling you my spirit animal bear that came to me and um, my my very good friend Margaret Miller, who's also a character in my book, uh, not as big a character as Darlene, but she and I have been friends for many years, and she is an artist, and she. Um, makes what she calls healing hands. And she made one for her brother, the first one she made when he was in the hospital, um, very ill. And she traced his hand and she filled the image of his hand with all kinds of images of, of things that reminded her of her brother, his favorite things, you know, whether it was like a basketball or, you know, his favorite food or, you know, just all kinds of things like that. And um, he felt that, that having that hand um, hanging next to his hospital bed helped to contribute to his healing. And so she calls them healing hands and she has since gone on to make them for other people. And she had shown me the one she made for her brother and it was gorgeous. And so when I started thinking about cover art for my book, um, I thought of her healing hands. And, and since I have the connection with Reiki, um, the, of course the healing hands is a significant, it has a significant meaning to me. So she came, she lives in Baltimore. She came out to California to trace my hand because she wanted wow. to get my energy. You know, she wanted to, physically do it herself she you know i mean i could have traced my own hand or had somebody do it but she wanted to do it herself and she read the book and then she just let images come to her that reminded her you know whatever um from reading the book so the you see the bear and the cave behind the bear and you see kind of on the middle finger you see um there's arrows that's that's supposed to be the goddess diana and she made mm -hmm. the moon her head um, so it's, it's got the head of the moon, but she's kind of got a quiver of arrows and, um, cool. yeah. So just, there's a, you know, I'm always finding different things in there. <laughs> I don't even yeah, know what really in there. Cool. Yeah. I but know just, you could really, you could really just sit and study that, you know, it's, it's really neat. Yeah. Cause what was her name book, again? it makes more sense. Her name is Margaret Miller. Yeah. That's really neat. That is really neat. I like that. And I think she has a uh, Instagram. It's Healing Hands Art, and um, and I think she's also got Margaret. So this is yeah, this is the goddess Diana. And if you see the smaller pictures down below, see she's with the animals. Yes. She always has a bow and arrow. So she's mm -hmm. associated with the hunt. She's associated with animals, um, mostly mostly stags and dogs. Um, I did. I did. I found one picture with a fox in it, but I didn't quite like it. Aww. <laughs> but. But uh, but she is um, she's a she's really interesting if you if you really really are interested in her just just go go look it up even on Wikipedia Wikipedia has a lot of information there and you can yeah. you know, go off into other venues from there too uh, 
Diana. Um, I have a connection to a fox as well. And when I do my shamanic journeying, you, you kind of, you, you start in a, well, I do anyway, you start kind of in a clearing um before you that realm the, the the protector between yes she i have a fox as my protector that's that yeah. kind of walks around the circle while i'm there and I, my my body is there and i'm my mind or spirit is going up journeying somewhere else oh look at that <laughs> that's on her instagram awesome that's uh, great margaret it's a book uh, um so yeah, so I have a fox that that circles my that circle and protects me and my guardians while I'm journeying. Yeah, those that's the the foxes. That's one of their main things that they do oh. for us for me a lot more for me. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, you went into the cave. You did the the meditation and you went to the cave and you found your bear. Well, I went into the cave also, and I saw a little pinprick of light and I started picking at it and then there was my field and then when I went out there all the foxes were there and there was a big mantle like a like an altar like thing and a being standing I thought it was a guy standing there with long hair you know with long robes and everything and then slowly turned around and faced me and I was just like off in this distance going oh my god because this and I drew it I saw this and oh, wow. it looked like Vincent from the, you know that show is so almost like a lioness kind of a face, a mushroom, but it was just a higher being. I knew it was a higher being. Yes. And uh, and there's all my foxes, you know, in front of me, you know, and then the field, and then I just kind of I watched, and then and then when he turned back, and there was a huge book. He was reading this huge book, you know. So I'm like going, I don't think I should talk to him right now, you know. So I just yeah. went back into my cave. You know, um, but that it was like that was brought back up to me too. You know, thinking about that when reading your book. Yes. So like yes. Little things, you know, that you get. So I love hearing. Yeah, I love hearing about those experiences. That's so yeah. cool. You know. Yeah, it was neat. It was really neat. And then that, you know, but when now when you said that, I just had to show that. Yeah, I'm glad you did. That's very cool. My foxy shiny ball. Um, was I gonna go? Uh, there was a there was a reason I was going with this. Oh, have you ever um, in you know, like your shamanic journeys and, and such? Have you ever seen a, a a different being? You know, whether it's like from the angel realm or the you know or or uh, yeah. I frequently interact with Jesus. And I, you know, I don't want to offend anyone, but I, you know, because I don't really consider myself a Christian in the traditional sense. But um, Jesus is a very powerful spirit guide and way shower. Um, you know, I believe Jesus was enlightened and is a way shower for all of us. He was uh, a not, practitioner. I'm he was uh, yes, laying on yes. of hands. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> laying on of hands is discussed in the and Bible. That, and and I, I, that irritates people when they when you say that. You know, they kind of go like, this is not the way of Jesus. It's like, really? Did Jesus not lay his hands on people to heal and them? heal people, exactly. Like, I know. Well, like, you know. Yes, oh, our one famous show that we had. We're all yeah. going to hell. We're all going to hell because we... I know. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Good thing I don't believe in that. <laughs> no, no. We didn't either, but we didn't. You know what? It was... it. Whether we believe things or not, we allow people to have that 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 moment of airtime to share their views. 
might be one person who would be like go amen but it's just a question sorry Rick Mel. yeah no <laughs> no that was oh my god you'll have, to, you'll have to watch that show one of these days to see this look shock look on that face <laughs> going to hell in a handbasket as far as i'm concerned and i'm bringing my dogs with me me and my dogs well, well here's the thing it's like he was saying all these things like you know we're going to hell for doing or working in these fields whether we're investigating paranormal doing reiki um doing any kind of oracle card readings uh tarot card readings any of those things exorcisms mm -hmm. he can do it but yep. he can do it that's because he has a house and, up in, in yeah. heaven he has yeah, the he's, he's gonna be up on a <laughs> penthouse floor with with um you know god's right above him and he's on water. Water and there's no dogs in heaven I figured out why and the show that I watched in in the next week I figured out why because the people were talking about Anubis was the one who walked people to the gates of hell and Anubis has a dog's head so that's why uh, so we're gonna go hang out with Anubis you want to join <laughs> yeah I'm not going to heaven if there's no dogs that's that wouldn't be heaven as far as I know that's <laughs> Everybody in the chat room said that pissed me off. I know it's funny. Yeah, everybody they in the practice, chat room like, no dogs. Not walking. Not yeah, oh, yeah, we all love dogs. We, you know, we're yeah. all dog lovers. You know, my dog <laughs> makes an appearance. Her dog makes an appearance. You know, yeah, I'm surprised that she hasn't. But she, <laughs> yeah, she is. You know, yeah. <laughs> if our dogs aren't going, we're not going. Sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, it's, I keep saying I'm not going anywhere. I've been to both places, and neither one of them want me. So I'm here for everybody else's eternity. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Just some people. So more my, with my darling. This is my there darling. You, you have your darling. I have my darling. Dar, we should write a book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could alternate chapters too about our our darlings. <laughs> right. Is your darling a redhead? <laughs> Kind of, yeah. She's got, yeah, she is actually. She's sort of blondish red. Yeah. Just tell her to find me on Facebook. We can have a lot to chat about. <laughs> hey, you can, we'll write. Okay. Me, and, me and Rebecca will write. You two yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we'll, call it, we'll call it our darlings. Yeah. <laughs> our darling darlings. Our darling darlings. That's so cute. Yeah, we'll do it. There it is. All right. I'm in. I'm in. And now the um, rough translation the rope, pain in my side. No kidding. <laughs> no. I know. And you guys should talk like this. You should you should get a StreamYard account. So you yes, you should. You should like do a show. Account. It would You're be cool. I know. I, conversations? Have it. I tried to get her to do interviews with me, and she just didn't really want to do that. You know, yeah. she just, no, I mean, just for you guys to talk. Oh, just exactly. Yeah, sharing yeah. your thoughts, sharing your thoughts. the conversations that you would have on that 830 phone call, have it on here because it'll help people. Oh, you know? no, not to do a show. She wouldn't do a show. Her darling wouldn't do a show. No, she doesn't like want to do that. She's no. not like you in that way, no. No, but I'm I'm just saying that these this way that they could see each other, you know, even if they had just a streamyard. Yeah, family. because streamyard is is free. Yeah, the base platform of streamyard is free, so you can oh. have what this. Oh yeah, we'll have to try it out. I mean, we've done occasionally we've done Skype or just like a FaceTime or something like that. Yeah, but. Skype is Skype is being very persnickety these days. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but this 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 is easy. Oh, I'll have to check it out. And if she likes it and gets used to it, you never know. You could do it. And the thing is, you can do a show, not on the first level, but like Gene and I, we can do a show, record it, 
and not go live and just download, no, just make it into a complete podcast, download the audio and upload it to wherever. Yeah, very flexible. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. Yeah, but tell us more about, you know, the, the synchronicities. Yeah. Because you listed a whole bunch in them. Oh, gosh, I know. Um, oh, yeah, I'm trying to think of a good example. Well, one um, thing that happened to me, and it's a sad situation, and that Darlene lost her son. Um, she, she lost her son in 2014 in a tragic car accident. But um, this is a really crazy moment. It's, it is crazy. Um, she called me um, that morning, Saturday morning. It had happened the evening before. And um, just terribly tragic. I mean, he was, you know, like 30. Um, but I, that, that afternoon, I mean, like right around the time of the accident, I was paying my bills and I had this basket, you know, where I just kind of throw all the mail in there. And, you know, so before I was paying stuff on the internet, I was like physically writing checks. But um, in my basket of bills, there was a picture of my oldest daughter with her son when they were toddlers. I mean, they were literally like, maybe two years old mm -hmm. and it was one of my favorite pictures of them and I you know I used to have it framed in my office years before that when they were that age and um, but it, it just showed up film. <laughs> no it was on Fuji paper right. which we would never ever I worked for Kodak for 22 years right. I would never have printed pictures on Fuji paper so right. I find this print in my basket of these of Scott and you know my daughter Rachel and you know, it's printed on Fuji print. I thought this is so weird. Where did this come from? And I, just, you know, I'm paying my bills. So I just kind of threw it, and I didn't think about it. But the next morning, she called me to tell me her son had passed in this terrible accident. But then I remembered, oh my God, I just saw this picture of him yesterday, and it showed up. But we, we kind of figured it was his sense of humor <laughs> putting it on Fuji paper. Fuji paper, yeah. You know, yeah, same thing. Saying goodbye, yeah. Yeah, but it was so part of exactly the type of thing I was saying earlier. You know, don't disregard any of these things that you see. So go ahead now. Tell oh. the story because it's gonna. Well, yeah. So then, um, yeah. So I took the picture. I, you know, I, I immediately hopped in the car and went up there to be with her, and you know, spent the week with her and did the funeral home and all of that. And um, one of my daughter's best friends had a baby that same week, and. Um, so my daughter was called. My daughter was living in North Carolina at the time, and she couldn't get up to New York to see her best friend who just had this baby. And she said, "You know, you're going to be there. Why don't you go see her in the hospital?" You know. And I was like, "Oh, I got to be with Darlene. You know, we're doing funeral stuff, and I, I can't. You know, and I just I can't leave her." And so I said, "Darlene, you want to go see a baby?" She says, "No. You know, I don't feel like doing anything. I, I can't. You know." And Rachel kept pestering me, you know, please, mom, you know, she's my best friend and I can't be with her. You're right there. And you love Katrina too. So, um, so finally Darlene says she's, she will go with me. So we go to see the baby and it actually was really good for her. She's holding this baby and she just, you know, she's just, you know, there's nothing bad about holding a little baby, right? A newborn right. baby. So I think it was very comforting for her. But so meanwhile, I'm talking to the new mom and while well, Darlene's just kind of sitting off to the side holding the baby and we started talking about the baby's birth and what time and what day and and it, it like got Darlene's attention well, hey what day was that and it was like oh Friday well what time was that oh it was, it was 6 30 and she was like she just burst into tears and she's like oh my god there's a very special baby she's like that's the exact time of the accident was the time that that baby was born so we were all just like what I mean it was yep. <laughs> 
Right. It was unbelievable. I have a bunch of crying women. Bunch of crying women. The poor young dad is in the room going, oh my God. These women are like, what? Get me out of here, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 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 but yeah, um, they always so, do that. One yeah. little passes, the next one comes in, you know? Yeah, right, exactly. You know, and um, Darlene then became um, friends with Katrina on Facebook so that she could kind of see pictures of the, the little girl growing up, you know, because she's very special to her. Because, yeah. I wonder if she'll have any of like, did, did he have any? Any special like little quirk things that he did or anything that might, you know, show up. That would be so interesting to watch for that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. Trust me, Darlene will notice that. If she's watching yeah. that child grow, if she's watching that yeah. grow, she'll, she'll see. Notice. Yeah. yeah. Because it's not like you say, it's a synchronicity. It's not a coincidence. It's like, you know, it, some people go, oh, it's just to play on words. Either way, there's a reason this stuff happens. There's a reason that your daughter kept bugging you to go see Katrina and this right. new baby and you wouldn't go without Darlene, aside from the fact that you're best buds, but this is just, you, this is like, and then everything felt, the dominoes fell into place. And yes, exactly. I know. It's just, yeah. yeah, you can't make this up. You just can't. Yeah, I know. I know. It's just, it, and it's just one after another, after another, after another, you know, things. Yeah. And, um, and I love that you compiled them like that because it does. Yeah. It, it, again, people just read it, you know, um, you're going to get a lot out of it. Out of, you know, it's, it is, it's, it's jam packed. It's a little read and it's jam packed <laughs> with stuff, you know, and really re relatable thoughts of things, you know. So many things. I'm just, I've just been really blessed and I just feel like I've really been divinely guided in my life with the, I mean, it hasn't always been easy, you know, <laughs> not always good situations, but I just feel like I've, I've got a lot of help and support in this world and in the spirit world, you know. Well, when we had our, our first initial meeting on here and stuff, mm -hmm. and I told you who I thought if this was ever turned into a movie, Cameron Diaz should play her role because like woman is that quirky running around you know person and it's like I, I still I see her you know with the hair and everything I just see her and you so much or you and her you know whatever and it's just like wow I could just so see her doing that because you were running you were running and you were yeah well, maybe maybe she'll see this and um right gonna have Cameron Diaz right? <laughs> a great role for you to play, you know. Um, yeah. Oh Cameron Diaz, read these books. Hello. I'm going to ask you uh, uh, for your permission. Uh, when I did my show just recently, um, the gentleman who the book that I read, I asked his permission if I could just post a couple of chapters, something, a teaser that would get people to yeah. read. Oh, is that okay with you? Once I'm Absolutely. starting to read, something will pop out of me. And I'll either link it to this or you'll be tagged in it for sure. I'll post it yeah, on my Facebook wall and, and it'll be okay. something, you know. Yeah, okay, cool. Thank you. I like that. That's a I great like idea. That. Yeah, it yeah is. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, let me know what you pick. And um, yeah. yeah, super. I got some ideas to throw at you, but you'll, we'll see what motivates well, you. If you know, if you have, when I've, when I've chosen my, my paragraphs, I'll message you and you give me yours. And we'll put them up. They don't have to match. They don't have to be. God forbid they were the exact same thing. <laughs> that would be no, that. No, that would be Yeah, I will pick one book and you will pick the other book. Okay. Oh, good idea. Okay. So we'll decide. I'll decide. I'll read my books and and I will decide which book which one I want to choose, and then I'll say, okay, go find something in 
Well, Love you it. know how it's going to be. Is I'm going to be in Rebecca Rising and you're going to be in Sunday at 8.30. Okay, perfect. Because considering <laughs> Sunday is my show, so we'll do Sunday. I'll do Sunday. You do Rebecca Rising. We'll tag you. You'd be like, what is going on now? No. All right, what do we got left? Oh, gosh, we're right down to four minutes. Okay. Yeah, okay. wow. Um, all right, what, what what would be the final thoughts that you would want to leave everybody with? Um, I would want your listeners to know that they are way stronger than they know and that they have way more power than they know and uh, that they should... It, they, they have the power to create the life they want. And so they should go for it because they're worth it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really nice. Agreed. Yeah. No one, yeah, no one's alone, you know, no matter what your struggle yeah. is, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be as extreme as what she was going through with, um, you know, living with an alcoholic and whatnot. Um, then that rat race and we all get caught up in that, you know, trying to be a good wife and mother and sister and daughter and whatnot. And, you know, all those things, but you know, you really got to take care of yourself. You really do. And yes, Absolutely. you are, you know, is there anything up here that we needed to put in the, um, no, but I will put the links, all of your links. I will put them in the show either tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. Um, don't we'll forget people care. go to, go to YouTube, sign up, subscribe, yeah, notification bell. Cause you never know what, you know, one day we might just pop up with guests on just this, they're just uh, YouTube and do things. Yeah, How many decks of cards do you have, by the way, Rebecca? How many decks of cards do I have? Oh, I probably have like 20 <laughs> between oh. Oracle cards and tarot cards. I've got four or five tarot decks and I've got probably, you know, a, probably a dozen um, Oracle cards of different kinds, you know, animals and goddess cards and angel cards. And, you know, I love my cards. <laughs> never know what happens. Yeah, I guess, yeah. We, we're going to be doing a pull, pull a card reading show one of these days. Oh, and fun. Be, yeah, and it will be yeah. just on YouTube. So It'll you be have just to on YouTube, yeah. Yep, you'll have to subscribe Get to us. Absolutely, I will. Yeah. So these are all, I'm putting up all the links again, and Mama D will do her J-O-B and get them in the chat um, comments as soon as she's done. But thank you so much, um, Rebecca. Uh, yes for being, you know, with us during the show and, and 60 seconds. Okay. It's uh it's really been wonderful and I got to find my little exit video here. Where is it? Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be your guest. This loads of fun. Yeah. And it was great. Really should, let's talk about writing a book about our darling darlings. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> hang, with us, hang with us for a minute. We're gonna I'm gonna play the exit video. Thank you all for being with us. Please share the show. Uh, please show your love to to Rebecca. Um, we appreciate it. She appreciates it. And absolutely, you know we love you. We'll see you next, next week. week. We hope. <laughs> we'll be here. Thank you again for joining us for another episode of the fox den we would love it if you would go over to our youtube channel which is the fox den hosted by gina bankston please like and subscribe our channel and join us in the chat room there while we stream live every thursday evening from 8 to 10 p.m eastern standard time we'll see you next week good night